You're a pro, man. Come on. Get it together. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You you are you are my Sherpa. You're my spirit animal. Let, yes. Pump me up. Uh, switch to Boost Mobile, where your taxes and fees are included on all plans. Plus, get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE per line for just 50 bucks. That's 4G LTE per line for just 50 bucks. Jay Bradley. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Let's talk wrestling. Let's eat some food. You ready? I'm ready. It's Car Con Carne. Let's eat in the car. It's Car Con Carne. And now here's the star of our show. Stuck in the box. You're stuck in the box. There you are. That's you. That's you. Your professional wrestler, Jay Bradley. We are live on Facebook Live. We're in the parking lot. You're JVO. I am. I know. I know. I'm kind of like having a little nerd moment here myself. Stop. No, I am. Like I told you before. You're the star in the car. No, man. Like, like I, I, I'm going to age myself and you. Like I told you before. Like, like you were like one of the guys I used to listen to on Q101 from like. Whatever the '90s, I was a '90s. Like teenager. when you were going through wrestling training, were you? I'm, oh yeah, wrestling training, driving up to you know the north side of Chicago on Irving Park Road. Like I was rocking out to some Q101 That's back amazing. in the day. You know, that's what I mean? amazing. Well, I'm glad you're here. This is great. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Yeah, this is. I've been looking forward to this. So we're at Real Time Sports in Elk Grove Village. I want to thank Real Time Sports uh, for setting us up tonight. Ben, the owner, uh, gives. It's a mystery bag of food. A mystery bag, but he looked at me and was like, "I got to give extra." Well, that was Vinny. Food. Vinny seemed seemed gruff. He seemed firm but fair. Uh, the guy working the front. Uh, he just probably looked at me and was like, mm. "Get this guy out away from my door. Yeah. He's scaring the crowd uh, away." Ben was Ben was hiding in the back. We didn't get to meet him, uh, but they just gave us a bag of food to try. I I don't know what it is. It could be a bag of oats. So <laughs> you're telling me you could have like an allergic reaction and we're off to like the the hospital. We we'll get an EpiPen yeah. stuck yeah. in your ass. Let's see. James and Jay are, are eating at our place tonight. Let's 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 see how they feel about a box of fish sticks. Let's let's try that out. On them. <laughs> so literally, this is this is the unboxing of the food. That's like a big deal nowadays. Like people yes, do these videos the of unboxing. unboxing. I unboxed my video game. Wow, oh, dude! Like I, I unboxed my action figure. It's like I'm gonna unbox Jay Bradley and just take my shirt off, and then we're gonna unbox JVO. Wait, have you ever had an action figure? I d- dude, I've never had one. That's like that's like the one thing that's well, eluded me. You got I know. so much career ahead of you. That's I, but I've been I've got scanned for one. It was like the biggest tease. It was like literally like you know what tease in, in the you know the adult industry. Like right, they, just, they, they just took it out and played with it for a little bit because like I remember like sitting there. I think we were in San Jose. And it was at a WWE event. And the, whoever was making the figures at the time, like, they had the scanner there. And I was on the list because I was about to get called up to the main roster. They, yeah. they didn't have me scan. Like, we need to scan you. I was like, for what? They're like, for the, or the action figure guys. I was like, yes! That's and ne- it. And it never happened. So somewhere out there, there might be a prototype. But I, if you knew collectors could That's ever like find that. That's like a super rare probably, Boba Fett from, like, 1977. Like, dude, I would probably give... At least one of my testicles, if that actually exists, to have the prototype. There's a testicle on the line for a Jay Bradley action figure. All right, so we're unboxing from Real Time. Thank you, Real Time Sports here in uh, Elk Grove Village. They gave us a pizza. Smells like pizza. It it looks like a pizza box. Let's see what's in here. It looks like shrimp pizza. Well, I don't think I'm going to be eating that because you will be sticking me with... At EpiPen because okay. I'm allergic to shellfish. All right, well, good to That's know. That's all you, dude. That That's, is all you. I'm happy to do that. All right, let's see what we got here. This is a giant tin. This is like a catering tin. 
This is huge. What if it's like a giant thing of like, you know what that's like? That's like, hey, I just graduated high school. Come eat some masticholi and fried chicken. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got the, you know, that's exactly what it is. Like every Sunday or Saturday from like June to July. Like, I seriously don't know what this is. This is a giant metal tin. I have no idea what, oh, it smells like wings. Smell. Oh, it does. does. Do you like wings? You're not going to make me put like those little hot orange pants on, are you? No, no, no. No, no, no. Oh, it's got to be wings because, no, I don't know what that oh, is. Is that, is that butter? Butter. It's butter. It's butter. Oh, hang on. Got onions, salsa. Let's see what this is. Oh, it is like a sample bucket. It's a sample bucket. My whole life, I've wanted someone to give me a sample bucket. And this is the first time. My first, first time for everything. All right, so we've right? got some ribs in here, some potato skins, some mozzarella sticks, and some gigantic. I mean, look at these. Those ain't like chicken wings, dude. These like, are that's these like, like foghorn leg. We got like a half chicken in here. Dude, so, like Warner Brothers is pissed because they just fried up Foghorn in there and threw him in there. This is amazing. That's all right. All right, so real-time sports. And I think they knew, you know, if you're going to feed a pro wrestler. Right, they, I got finger food. You, you got you to gotta supply a lot of food. I'm a pro wrestler, dude. We got sleeves and hands. So how much do you eat? You're a big, a lot, fit dude. dude. Like, do you yeah. just, like, burn calories just by talking? I probably do. Um, I'm guessing on a three to... 4,000 calories a day. I do that too, like but the I whole, don't like, wrestle. Maybe that's the whole, my problem. The whole six to eight meals a day, uh-huh. yeah, I do that. Mozzarella stick. Thank you, real time. Oh, well, it was pretty good. I'm going to try one of these tater skins. Yeah, that looks good. This place is packed on a Monday night. Oh, yeah. Slam. I walked in. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my. It was like crawling against the wall. Mm-hmm. But anyway, maybe it's got something to do with, like, you know, Mitchapalooza going on tonight with the, the well, Bears. and, yeah, and little and, Bears game going little on. Little Bears. Mm-hmm. Got this big deal coming into town called Mitch. Being our quarterback. Yeah, so it's pretty nuts in there right now. Uh, real time set us up, and I think my favorite cuisine, Jay, seriously, is bar food. And you can't go wrong you with You can't it. go wrong with bar food. I, I talk with my mouth. You can't. Like, <laughs> you go into bar food, and you're like, what do you get? And, like, there's going to be, like, five things on there that you mm-hmm. want. And then you have to, like, fight the battle of, like, okay, like, how disgusting do I want to get tonight? Do I want, like, the nachos drooling down my face? Do Once want, you crack like, the seal, I mean, it's just, you go all in. And it keeps going. Mm-hmm. And it's all so good. And then, like, what about, like, like what about the MacGyver, like, bar food, where, like, they start doing, like, really crazy combos? Wait, wait, hang on. I, I'm, I've got to interrupt you. There's trouble about to happen on my dashboard. <laughs> there we, I think I got it. Oh. Oh. No, 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 no. That's, that's, okay. Everything is precariously balanced right behind my phone. I'm going to try one of the world's largest chicken wings. I love buffalo buffalo wings. I mean, just hands down, I could eat those all day long. Mm-hmm. There's some heat. You know what we didn't get? Beverages. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good point. <laughs> well, your mouth's going to be on fire now, but the uh-huh. butthole's going to be burning tomorrow when that stuff comes out the other end. Mm-hmm. But it'll be glorious. It'll be glorious. Yes, what's that? Okay. The wings are delicious, oh, yeah. and they're hot. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. And I'll try the uh, shrimp pizza in a second because you can't. Hey, can I eat it near you? I mean, Oh, yeah, you're fine with that. I'm just sure, like, I mean, you might. I've never eaten shrimp or shellfish. I just know I've got a pretty severe allergy to it. Or so they say. You want to test it? No, I don't want to test it. All right, man. Although we could make headlines. I mean, really. You, you kill local pro wrestler? <laughs> local pro wrestler. Local just because you're from here, but you're bigger than local. 
A little bit. A little bit. I've been around the block a couple times. Well, let's talk about that. We're going to talk for a couple minutes more on Facebook Live. Then the rest of this will be available on the podcast, which you can listen to on carconcarney.com. I, I kind of think of you, in a sense, these days as the Jimmy Chamberlain of pro wrestling. <laughs> you, were there with Billy. you were there with Billy at the beginning of his pro wrestling career. And, uh, you know, went in some different directions, the two of you, over the years, and now you're coming back together. Yeah. Yeah, so you're like Jimmy. I actually saw them in concert back with the band a couple of summers ago, which was great. But, yeah, um, I want to say it was probably know, about 2010. I first crossed paths with uh, Billy Corgan. And this was Resistance Pro. Yep. And uh, I kind of heard about like some, uh, you know, some some chatter, some gossip, whatever. That Billy Corgan was getting involved in pro wrestling, and mm-hmm. it was going to be in Chicago. And what what was this? And I met the two business partners that were involved with it at the time. And I was kind of, if you want to say, like on a wrestling sabbatical. Mm-hmm. I was taking a little bit of a break from it all. And uh, was, this, was it a sanity break? Yeah, it pretty much was. Like the pro- <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Like, yeah, it was kind of like this shit's driving me crazy. I got to step away for a little bit because it's a hard business, right? It is. It is. And uh, and then I, you know, I met Billy and I had a conversation with him and and the partners at the time. And I was like, all right, let's see where this goes. Let's see where this goes. And uh, and it's been a crazy ride. And and to why didn't resistance work? I just think it was to the detriment uh, or to uh, uh, the the poor business planning on uh, the two other gentlemen's end is what it really came down to. I think with someone like Billy involved, um, there brings a certain clout or a certain uh, mainstream appeal to it. Absolutely. And I just don't necessarily think the other individuals involved, oh, excuse me, uh, knew how to handle it all. Um, But besides that, like, you know, Billy and myself moved on to, like, greener pastures since then, and... uh, if you need garbage, by oh. the way. Bam. And, uh, yeah, so we, we, we rocked it out with Resistance Pro here for a little while, and because of that, I got to know Billy on a really professional level and develop a personal friendship with him as well. And uh, I think it kind of goes both ways that we've both learned a lot from each other about... Ooh, more. Thank you. <laughs> about just wrestling and then the entertainment business. Um, you know, I was there for a little bit when he put his foot in uh the waters that were tna impact mm-hmm. wrestling and i was on and off there with him um and saw all the shenanigans go down with that and and the the legal proceedings that happened the headlines came really fast and furious what was it end of last year oh yeah year? yeah it was about a year ago and it was crazy where it's like you know suddenly you see someone billy corrigan in the civil litigation or legal litigation and that turned some heads it's going to get a lot of attention yeah and then just all the craziness that got uncovered because of that 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 ensued and, and it was just kind of like wow like what now mm-hmm. well now what now is you know billy corrigan went out and bought himself a wrestling company and now he's well, not the, just a wrestling the, company. the national wrestling alliance like the oldest most historic one i know the one when i was a kid watching awa wrestling nwa was this exalted wrestling company i'm, go- I, I'm going here by the way as you as you should i'm going here like I would go to the Rexall Drugstore and pick up Pro Wrestling Illustrated off the racks. Yes! And they would always talk about the NWA. Ric Flair would be on the cover, Harley Race, or someone from down there. Yeah, like, like, like you think about the NWA and the NWA world title, like, there's some badasses that were oh, yeah. NWA world champions. Like, And then you have like someone like Ric Flair who was like iconic with that belt mm-hmm. and is synonymous as a pro wrestling champion. Like, right. That's huge. And Harley Race, uh, Dusty Rhodes... 
both Funk Brothers, Terry and Dory. I mean, the the list goes on and on, like, of, of you know, Barry Windham, another one. Like, they were just, like, they're just badasses. You know what I mean? Like, So, Billy Corgan bought the NWA. Yeah, he bought, bought the name, and he's advancing it into the 21st century. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I've had the... The pleasant experience of being involved with it in some way, shape, or form since... These are really good, by the way. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Big thumbs up here. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, being involved with it from back to the negotiation phase, like, I just, as far as just him kind of letting me in on the what he was actually doing and what he was planning and where he thought he could go or what he thinks he can go. Um, And and now that it's all coming to fruition, you know, like, it's, it's pretty crazy, like... Um, to think now, like a year later, after all that litigation with TNA, like here he is, he bought the NWA, he owns the iconic logo, the, uh, the initials, the mm-hmm. letters and, uh, what he thinks about, you know, the last week or so, Oh, look at that. You got something stuck in your teeth uh-huh. about just what he sees going forward for it and what he's going to try to do and what he wants to do with like a 20 year plan, um, so you know, it's not like some fly a by night. Plan. He's got a twenty-year plan to develop. I don't know what I'm doing brand. next week. I don't have a guest for next week, and Billy's got a twenty-year plan. I, well, yeah, but that just goes to show you like the type of person you're dealing with. Yeah. As far as like with Billy, like you know, I often jokingly tell him like he's a little bit of like a Renaissance man. Like he's in like his music speaks to itself. Like in, in what he did with the Smashing Pumpkins when he's doing on his own, but writing books and not running a major pro wrestling company owning mm-hmm. a tea shop you know what i mean like he's 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 like talented in, in as a creative mind in so many different ways so it's just, just to sit back and kind of admire that sometimes mm-hmm. i think in like the last week or so or at least since the first of october um more has come to light as they've done some more public announcements with him and dave lagana where you know it was just announced i think today or yesterday that you know he's going forward with with live events that everyone's going to be able to watch for free weekly. Which is awesome. So by the springtime, you can watch NWA Wrestling. And not only that, like it's going to be contracted talent to help rebuild the brand, make it somewhat prominent again. And it's not going to be on a paywall. You know, he just said he's like, he'd rather have, you know, 300, 500,000 people watching this wrestling for free than trying to get 5,000 people. Yeah, because the rules have changed. Totally. Totally, and like, look at you and I sitting here talking to this right now with yeah, blogs. We're doing and a radio show and eating dinner in my yeah, car. In a car, yeah. And like, you couldn't. This was unheard of 10, 15 years ago. For well, real. This was unheard of like three years yeah, ago. Yeah, really. And, and then like, but that's the way the world is changing. Yeah. Like, it's point and click. Everything's. In, I want to watch this now. Okay, I want to stop and pause this, and I'm going to come back to it in an hour when my kids stop screaming. But that's the way the world is, and right. that's the way people are consuming content. So. He wants to move in that direction with the wrestling products. So you are one of the wrestlers he's leading with, with the NWA. I can and I cannot say that. We'll just speculate. You can speculate. Yeah, okay. You can speculate. So Facebook Live, thank you for watching. We are at Real Time Sports. The food is delicious. It's really good. <laughs> Trust Jay- me. Look at me. I didn't get to be 260 pounds by accident. I eat a lot of food. This is good food. All right, so since we talked, Jay, about where things are going in theory mm-hmm. with you next, mm-hmm. um, Let's let's go back to the beginning. We kind of talked about starting out. You're listening to the radio. Mm-hmm. What was it that made you want to do this to be a wrestler? Was it watching it as a kid? Was it a friend who, who hooked you in? What? My mom dropped me on my head, and you just thought, "Wow, this is great." I no, keep no. Um, actually, that's kind of a joke because uh, no, my mom really didn't drop me on my head. <laughs> but 
uh, growing up, like pro wrestling was like forbidden and taboo in my house. So what happens when you can be a mischievous young boy, not necessarily a bad kid, but just when someone some says you can't do, you this. want to do it more. Yeah, of course. So like, whether it's listening to a kind of music, yeah, or and on TV. and so like it became like the thing I snuck up early in the morning to watch on Saturday mornings, or I watched uh, at my cousin's house or my grandma's house when I stayed the night, and so. But, you know, I couldn't watch it at home. So, like, of course, it was more attractive. And uh, I was always in sports. You know, I played just about every sport growing up. And I was also really big into things like Star Wars and comic books. And I still am to this day. So when This I, is why we're going to be best friends. We're, are we BFFs? I think we're almost there. Okay. We can you, talk comic books at length. I don't do the whole bunk beds things, like from the movie. No, no, it's all. We could have separate rooms. We, we could trade comic books. We can eat pizzas together. We can have milkshakes. I don't, I'm in the dairy, no, no, no. Maybe a nice smoothie. Okay, we'll yeah. go there. Uh-huh. Um, but I think, like, when I saw WWE back when Hulk Hogan, you know, and Ultimate Warrior and these guys, excuse me, the good food is coming back up in a belch, and it was uh-huh. just as good in the second belch. I have uh, more napkins in the glove if you need them. Ah! Uh-huh. Sorry, I just hit your knee? No, it's all right. Um... But when I saw, like, guys like, you know, the Hulk, Ho- uh, Hulk Hogan's and the Macho Man and, and the Ultimate Warriors, like, they were, like, comic book guys come oh, yeah. to life. absolutely. So, like, it was, like, the, the, the perfect marriage of, like, all the things that I liked, like, sports and comic books. And I was like, wow, this is great. And uh, it just kind of grew from there. And, you know, even when, you know, wrestling, quote-unquote, got bad in, like, the mid to late 90s and it wasn't cool to watch anymore, like, I still watched. Mm-hmm. And it was still something, like, I, you know, snuck around and tried to, to get in there and, and view. Um, I don't know what made me want to say like this is it for me i just remember like sometime in high school like i got involved with some guys who uh similar to you like you would go to get your pwi magazine Mm -hmm. and and you would see this time it was japanese wrestlers and luchadors and ecw and the nwa was still kind of a a smaller thing because wcw had really taken off by that time and I was just like, wow, look at all this other wrestling. And as I went down this rabbit hole, then you start meeting guys who had, like, tapes of ECW. And mm-hmm. you're seeing guys like Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko, like, you know, just doing the super athletic wrestling. And then you see guys like uh, Jushin Thunder Liger and Masahiro Chono and, and New Japan. And the All Japan guys like uh, Misawa and Dr. Death Steve Williams, Kabashi, Terry mm-hmm. Gordy, and all these guys. And you're just like, what? this this is just great you know what i mean like it's not all crazy cartoony like it was when i was a kid you know um and then around that time i was like i was really kind of like hooked because like it was just become an obsession and a huge hobby um to where i think going into my junior or my senior year of high school you know i just i met some guys at some indie shows and i was just probably a pest and bug the shit out of them, like, let me help set up, let me help set up the ring, let me help set up chairs, and then it just, I met, you know, Danny Dominion and Ace Steel and Kevin Quinn, who had that uh, training facility up on the north side of Chicago uh, off Irving Park Road, and then I'm next thing I know, I'm enrolling there, and I'm practicing two or three times a week, and it just kept steamrolling. So by the time you were doing it, you weren't even thinking about it, it's just, I'm doing this. Yeah, yeah, and then, it, it and honestly, it really snowballed, and actually, there's there was a time probably like 19 or 20 where I had to take some time off for some health issues. Like I had developed a thyroid problem and, uh, the doctor was like, you know, no physical activity for a while. So like at that time, 
you know, I think I did a lot of things like, okay, really, what do I want to do? I really want to do this. And then like when it's, it kind of made me like really chomping at the bit where it was like, all right, if I'm really going to do this, I got to kind of like buckle down and get more yeah. serious. And, 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 and that's what I did. And like I said, just because I, I was a bigger athletic guy, like that was able to open a lot of doors for me. And, uh, it just kept spiraling upward. Good for you. I love stories like that. Thank you. I mean, it's well earned. So, did you come up with CM Punk? Did you train with him? I did. Actually, um, crazy story. Me and CM Punk actually grew up less than like five miles from each other. Didn't know each other until uh, we started doing the indie stuff. And I actually helped him get enrolled at the Steel Domain uh, to start training uh, and start his start his career because that's where I was training and mm-hmm. for a long time him and I would almost talk and hang out on a weekly or almost a daily basis and uh, yeah I mean I, up until we both signed with WWE like you know we were pretty cool with each other and uh, our kind of I don't want to say like our careers didn't run parallel obviously but like they weaved in and out like you yeah. know what I mean like uh, you know he really blew up when I had to like take time away from the ring due to some illness and he was just everywhere, like, every weekend. But at the same time, that was, like, something that, like, I looked to achieve. Like, wow, like, he's out there every weekend, you know, busting his ass, getting noticed, getting matches all over the country. Like, there's no reason I can't do that, too. And right. So I kind of, like, tried to follow suit a little bit. And, you know, and eventually paid off. It did not have paid off in the same way, but, you know, I mean, shit, like, I, I've been around. Well, you're still doing it. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that. Tell me about getting the nod from WWE. How does that happen? Um, so you're busting your ass as an indie. How it happened is uh, it's really different than it is nowadays. So anybody listening to this it doesn't happen like this anymore because there's different processes in place. But so right out, I went to I was I'm an alumni of uh, Northern Illinois University. My last semester there, I got a call from one of my trainers, Kevin Quinn, who was at the time scouting for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. They were particularly looking for heavyweights. Well, I was one of the heavyweights he actually helped train. So he called me, hey, they're interested. I've told them about you. Can you send me some stuff? Might have you come out for a tryout. And then from that point, after I finished college, I moved out to L.A. for the summer to train at the New Japan Dojo that was in Mm -hmm. Santa Monica at the time. Uh, I look back on it. I didn't necessarily show the best side of myself there because I was so overwhelmed by changes in my life and what just moving to Los Angeles yeah that that finishing school and then like what wrestling in a big company actually was about like it was a huge shift for me and it was a big life lessons that I look back on now because things I learned there I was able to use and propel myself forward even though that opportunity didn't play out this is this this comes up again and again there are so many parallels between the music industry and wrestling, between going from an indie to a major, which is kind of what you're describing, mm-hmm. there is so much similarity. And I hear, I hear bands talk about their experience going from being an independent artist to a major label artist in much the same way. Doesn't surprise me at all. And I think that's one of the things that, like, when I've talked to Billy about the wrestling business and his and his music business, like, there is that parallel. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think he does really well with wrestling because he understands what that's like. Um, but regards to the New Japan thing, after I left there, because I spent time there, WWE had taken notice of me. 
And I kind of set a goal for myself where it was like, you know what, like, it didn't work out with New Japan, but certainly I could probably try to get into WWE. And I, and I set a goal for myself. And I remember sitting, I think it was like September 16th. I said, a year from now, my goal was to, to be in the WWE or have a WWE contract. And I did it in 14 months. That's awesome. Which was kind of crazy because, like, I literally just... I started bugging the shit out of Tommy Dreamer, who was the, the head of developmental at the time, like calling him every week and sending him stuff and then finally watching it and him taking notice and then him booking me for tryouts and enhancement work and then getting the, the notice by guys like Arn Anderson and Ricky Steamboat and Fit Finley and then getting recommended for a job after I got a match finally in front of the live event audience. Um, and, and then... And, and that literally, it was, unfortunately, I think it was just after Eddie Guerrero passed away, um, I was hired, because I was there the day Eddie passed. Oof. Yeah, like, just, you talk about a tense locker room. and I can't a, a imagine. Lo- an emotional locker room, and I was supposed to have a match that day, and they just, like, they just, hey, could, you know, we'll pay you, but, you know, we're asking you to leave right now because all the stuff going on. Oh, my so God, you're just like, I can't imagine. Yeah, you're just like, oh, man, was that my shot? And then a week later, they call me back, and we're like, hey, can you be here? Great. And then that's when the match happened, and then they were told me, like, yeah, we're going to we're gonna hire you. Like, and I just remember, like, driving back from, like, Cincinnati, like, for, like, six hours, like, through the night, like, wide awake like calling like all my friends being like bro yeah. i did it like i'm here i'm in oh my god you know what i mean like calling everybody i know i'm back to date As myself anyone would yeah like like at, on my old sidekick phone from you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. the original like you know the uh original like smartphone uh-huh. um but yeah that's kind of how it happened back so who's your first match against with them yeah the match that i was hired after i teamed with another uh, uh independent guy named jamin olivencia and I wrestled uh, Val Venus and Viscera. Okay. The Love Machines, if you remember that yes, tag team. That was that was uh, the match that uh, they they watched to hire me. That's amazing. So you learn a lot from there. Mm-hmm. And you went indie. It's so interesting. I, I have a 15-year-old son. He loves the indie stuff. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he loves going to AEW. I mean, ever since... Uh, he was allowed to go, and the the wrestlers get a little blue, so I had to be really cautious about when I started taking him to AAW events. Um, but he loves the idea of independent wrestling. Mm-hmm. I, I told him about NWA, and he's, I mean, he understands the history. He thinks that's so cool. Sure. Just, just to have someone that's not WWE plant a flag in that space and say, "Here's here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this. It's you know, there's heritage, there's history. That's exciting. I think." It's it's a dual excitement when I look at it because, first of all, excuse me as I as I feed my face Dude, with this that, potato that's, skin. That's what happens. Um, I, I'm going to eat some shrimp pizza as you talk. By all means, just don't shove any of that in my mouth. Of course. Um, you have the nostalgia factor where so many people recognize it's an iconic brand. It yeah. really is, and you have the history that comes with it. But now you also have what you know you want to call a blank space or a white space to create something mm-hmm. new and different from what it was while still respecting its history and then something different for the fans in the marketplace and i think that's what i i really like about working with billy is because um he understands creative he's not so hard on and being very for the most part not very hard and being like this is what it has to be this is how i want it done 
you know, he lets the talent create as well because he's from that. He gets it. He yeah. gets it. So I think that's why a lot of people will 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 flock to the indies because you know it's not as controlled mm-hmm. as maybe a television product from you know WWE or Impact is or even like a Lucha Underground. Like there's less restriction. There's the guys can do more, say more. You know, and it can be detrimental, and it can be a great thing depending on what kind of quality show you see or who's on the show. But it's that wild card, almost you know, uh, wild wild west aspect where like almost anything could happen at an indie show, and that's why I think some of it's thriving right now. I agree. I totally agree. So it's still fun for you. Yeah, absolutely. I like eat more potato, but uh-huh. you know, I I'm one of those people, like. I can't do a job. Like, I'm a, like a nine to five? I can't. Like so A few of us can. Like, I, I, like, I tried it. I I've talked to people about it. Like, I mean, I am too much of a creative person at heart where like, I like to do things my way and I don't like to have a lot of restriction on me. But like, it just drives me nuts to be in the same place day in and day out doing the same thing. And uh, I totally just blanked out. <laughs> no, I, but I get it. And, I, you know... We have very different careers, but I feel the same way. Like with what I do, I don't want to necessarily know what I'm doing day in, day out. I want every day to be different. I want different things to come up. I want to go in different directions. I don't want to be locked into something. I don't want to be a banker. Yeah, no. I, I want to be surprised when I go to work every day. Yeah, and I think that that's part of like with me with wrestling. Like I've tried. I've tried to step away and and do a nine to five and do an office job and it made me miserable <laughs> like and it was just like and i would like literally like it was like why the hell am i doing this when i can go pro wrestle and that's what makes me the happiest and i'm really really good at it so i continue to do it and it, there's ups and downs and ebbs and flows like in a lot of careers and i've been up i've been down i've made really good money wrestling i've made no money wrestling but at the same time, not being a 9-to-5 guy, I'm more driven by goals and accomplishments than I am by necessarily a paycheck. Right. Absolutely. You know, like, yes, do I expect to get paid well for my talents and my services? Yeah, I do. But there's also a thing where it's like, okay, like, uh, I can go make $100,000 sitting in an office hating my life, or I can go make $60,000 or whatever I'm going to make wrestling and sustain myself and be stable, I'm going to take the wrestling because I know I'm going to be a lot happier. Right, and I'm a big believer, and maybe this is naivete, but I'm a big believer that if you like what you do and you work hard at it and don't give up, it'll come. Yeah, eventually it does. And I think a lot of people give up, you know, before they should, or they shortchange themselves or they hurt themselves with their own perspective because they... I don't know if maybe like stop trying, mm-hmm. like they stop trying to get better. They think they're already there. Where it's like you know, no, you constantly try to evolve, constantly try to make yourself better. As you know, a talent or whatever you are, a creative, whatever you are, whether it's TV, radio, athletics, mm-hmm. but it's that thing like they think they deserve something by now, and I'm good enough is where I think a lot of people fall short. Agreed. All right, so I know in your head somewhere. You have a favorite match, something that is emblematic of your career so far. What was it? What was that one match? Oh, man. I, on your personal highlight reel, what's the one that you, you would say, you should check that one out? I don't know. Really? Really. No, this is a hard question for me because, like, there's, like, 
and I go back to like an experiencing, like there's so much more that I want to experience that I haven't done that I can't look back and go watch this because I don't necessarily at this point in time think it's a real sample of how, what I'm capable of. I get that. All right. Let me, let me take it in a different direction. Who are some of your favorite people to work with in the ring? Oh, wow. Um, I really liked working with, uh, Harry Smith or Davey Boy Smith Jr., I got to do some really fun stuff uh, with him here in Chicago. Another local Chicago guy that did all right and pretty well for himself and was at WWE for a little while, uh, Robert Anthony. He's another guy that I had some really fun matches with. Um, Wrestling Vader was pretty cool, too. Oh, that's... Like, growing up and being a big guy, I mean, by wrestling standards, I'm a heavyweight. Invader was like the top heavyweight or super yeah. heavyweight for so long. And even late in his career, I honestly think I had one of his last matches. Like he doesn't wrestle much anymore, right. but I think his really last singles match. It for me was like just like a personal like, <laughs> this is fucking cool. You yeah, know what I, I mean? mean? Like I'm in a ring, I'm in my hometown, and I'm wrestling Vader. Hell yes. You know what I mean? And it's just like like and it was a really fun match. Like it look by by like super wrestling nerd standards, they might watch it and be like, eh, whatever. You know what I mean? There wasn't any like crazy head dropping or crazy <laughs> bumps or like we weren't like popping each other's eyeballs out like him and Stan Hansen did in Japan. But it was just the moment for me as a person, like, dude, like I remember watching Vader growing up and being like, This is the baddest man on the planet. Yeah. Like yeah. he came out with like that that elephant mammoth mask and it, scary. and it sprayed smoke <laughs> you know what i mean and and then just the the you know the being the aura he had excuse me i was always just like dude this dude's a badass like dude That's this guy cool. this guy could you know like like how people like in kids look at like brock lesnar now like that's what i looked at as like Vader growing up that like, seems like a fair yeah like yeah. he was just like this dude is Bigger than just about anybody I've ever seen, and he could probably kick the shit out of just about anybody. But that's what it was. So when you're in, the, in when you're in the ring, chemistry is everything, isn't it? It can be, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously you can work around it if it's not there, but having the right person in the ring with you can transform a match into something kind of magical. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, and I think it's there. There's. It's just like a chemistry of like personalities. Like you're just gonna click with some people, um, personality wise or a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even talking like, you know, like the romantic attraction sort of clicking. But it's like there's just some people like, hey, I can get along with this guy, or we got the same interests, and maybe it's just the same point of view on on a match or the same like instincts. The instinct, yeah, instincts or, or or feel in the ring where it's like you you you, you can just go with them. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really fun once you find those people that you get. I, th- I thought, honestly, I thought, because I wrestled Harry Smith a handful of times. We were in WWE Developmental together and weaved in and out with him. And then doing the stuff here with Chicago in Chicago with him, like uh, being able to train with him. And I knew, you know, I had a feel for him. He had a feel for me. So, like, it just flowed very easily and, and it was fun. Um, there was no, like, oh, what if this or that, and it was nothing. And then Rob Anthony was another guy I felt I had that chemistry with because the same thing, like we knew each other, we used to be roommates, we trained mm-hmm. together, and, and you develop that. And sometimes, like, there's people where, like, you just get in the ring and it's there, and there's some people that it's just, uh, this is going to be a struggle. And it's really neither one of your fault. It's just because you have 
different perspectives on on the way the match should go or the wrestling itself. How have you changed or evolved since you started as far as cutting promos? Now, like now I do them with food in my mouth, I, like right sure. now. Yeah, I'm like a wild Samoan. I got like the <laughs> I got like the turkey <laughs> wig in my MC mouth. Guy, yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? Like at the time, I think I've really evolved as far as I speaking was was. I had to get more confident in myself, and uh, I, there's a fearlessness to every aspect of professional mm-hmm. wrestling that you, you kind of it's incumbent. You have to have. Yeah, that. and I think. A couple people that really helped me out with it were Al Snow and Danny Davis and Dusty Rhodes. Those are good people to uh, yeah. come from. And I was in Louisville, and I, I was working underneath Al and Danny Davis on a daily basis. Robert Gibson was there as well. Um, but I, I was kind of coached up before that, like in Deep South Wrestling, was just like just... Just being a wrestler was enough because wrestling's on the marquee, so wrestling's always what we're going to go mm-hmm. back to. So just just be like that kick-ass, you know, wrestler with, with this just like, you know, on a mission, break a body part down, almost like an Anderson mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And and that's what I went with for a while. And it, it did all right with, for me through their system. And then, like, you know, I'm getting told I have to evolve more and work on this and work on that. Well, it's like, well, suddenly, like, I'm being – you know, you don't feel like you're good enough, or I guess your confidence takes a hit. Um. So, like, it was like, you know, developing, and you know, not even developing, but taking your natural personality and understanding how you can turn that up on the volume. That makes and then, sense. And yeah. then, like, the one thing, I mean, Al, Al Snow, and Danny Davis were really the ones that kind of helped me do that. Whether it was just like Danny sitting me down in his office, being like this guy that I see do this kind of stuff when you're fucking around or joking around, like I need this guy out here in the camera. I need you to have that out there. And then Al helped me figure out how to do it or how to create that. But then like the one thing that, and I I was always up and down with dusty roads. I felt, I don't know that, you know how he truly, like he felt about me as a talent. Like it was hot and cold. I kind of felt sometimes, but like Mm -hmm. the one thing he said to me when we were cutting promos and I'll never forget it. Cause we were in Indianapolis and uh, crazy enough, where they're where they're Aaron Raw at tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, Dusty was pulling certain people in the interview room to coach him up, and he literally looked at me with like, "Kid, <laughs> kid, listen to me, you cannot fuck this up." That's amazing. And he goes, "He goes, no, and I'm not saying you you can't make mistakes. You cannot fuck this up. I already fucked it up. I fixed it. I fucked it up again. Someone else fucked it up, and I fixed it again." It's like, it's been <laughs> fucked up already. Everything that's been fucked up ought to have been done. So you're going to fuck it up again? No, someone already did it before you. Oh, my God. So I get this, like, little <laughs> dream pep talk about how, like, if you're worried about fucking up in pro wrestling, it's your fuck up has already been done a thousand times beforehand. Like, someone has already... There's the perspective. That's it. You know what I mean? And that's uh-huh. what it was. And it, that always stuck with me where it was like, even if I, I was always up and down with Dusty, but that... That little, like, promo he cut on me where he was just like, kid, like, you've got the talent, you've got personality. Like, if you're worried about fucking up in front of the camera for me, like, I've done this too. I fucked this up. I still drew money. Like, someone else came along and fucked it up worse than I did, and someone else had to fucking fix it. This is just him basically saying, get out of your head. Yeah, pretty much. And that's what I think it was for a long time. Like, I was just so anxious and in my own head and overanalyzing 
what I would thought I should have been doing, yeah, and I then just that. just going out there and doing it. And but when he gave me that little like pep talk, I was just like, "Oh, he's right. Like this fucking business has been around for like a hundred years. There's been how many there's people? Like permission for you to exhale. Yeah, like, like 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 yeah, like there's how many people that have done this before me and have screwed up worse. Absolutely. Or or, or not or or screwed up the same thing. I think I'm gonna screw up. And guess what? They they were all right. Like they exactly. they did it. And from there on out, like I got really really comfortable to where like uh, I I mean it it became part of my shtick for a little bit of while. Like even like my later days in WWE, where it was like. They, when I was in OVW, or they would literally chart out time for me to just talk shit to people before my match because they would just make people want to get my see me get my ass kicked because I was just cutting, you know, improv on these people. And uh, to this day, like, I have friends that do improv in the city, and like, you know, they'll call me from time to time and, like, hey, can you fill in, or do you want to? We got an amateur night. Do you want to come in on my team, kind of a thing? And I've done it a couple times, and I love it. I just I bet don't it's have... a blast. Oh, it's it's incredible, and it's incredible. But it's like it's also, you know, relying on myself that you know I'm pretty quick witted. I'm pretty well spoken. You know what I mean? And I, and I can you know articulate ideas, or I can need to go over someone's head with, you know, all right, the kids aren't going to get this one, but the, the adults right. are going to get it. You know just what I mean? The permi- you said it with what Dusty said: permission to fuck up. Once you know you have that permission, yeah. It kind of lets you exhale. And just, okay, this is gonna be what's that's gonna what be. it was like. That's what it was like. Exactly, it was just like, oh, the the the, the monkey was off my chest, or yeah. a gorilla off your back, whatever you want to say. And it was just like, all right, man, I'm gonna do whatever I want to do now. And you and like, if it sucks, you can tell me it sucks. And if it's right. if it's if it's gold, I'll keep doing more. All right. So, right now, where can people see you? Right now, other than the parking lot of Real Time Sports in Elk Grove Village, as I suck barbecue sauce off my thumb. Mm. There, there are some people, there are some fetish sites that would actually pay for that. They, they'd put that I can behind make a buck for that? Oh, yeah. They'd put that behind the paywall. That's a good idea. Absolutely. I can make a few bucks. Anyways, um, you can follow my exploits. Based, <laughs> the best way is on Twitter, which is uh, the little at sign or the ampersand, as the fancy people call yeah. it, I believe. You can just say at. At J Bradley, J-A-Y-B-R-A-D-L-E-Y-P-W, all one word. Um uh, going forward locally in the Chicagoland area, I will be at Joe's on Weed Street November 12th for Zello Pro against Marche Rocket. And then November 4th, uh, a newer company that's uh, just starting up called, get this, Berwyn Championship Wrestling. And then guess it where it's at? It doesn't get more hyper-local than no, that, no, no. huh? Berwyn Eagles Club presents Berwyn Championship that's, Wrestling. Oh my God. Right, Going November fourth, I will be there. Dude, which is how how full circle is this that, that I've gone all total... over the world and I'm back at the Berwyn Eagles Club? Hey man, uh, I saw Samoa Joe there like two I know, years like, ago. Like I'm not even I I'm not I don't even know who I'm wrestling, but I'm just going back to the Berwyn Eagles Club okay. where Chuck is still the bartender there. It, it is like Thunderdome in there. It really is. <laughs> like it's got that place has gotten to be between like AAW and Shimmer and some of the other companies that have run that place as like. It's almost like if you're a Star Wars fan, like it's like Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Like everybody goes through Tatooine at some point in Absolutely. Star Wars. Like you start there, you come back there, you die there, you you get set on fire, you lose your droids, like you lose your cell phone. It's at the Burrow Eagles Club. That's amazing. But yeah, and then uh, 
you know, going forward, you know, we'll see where I land. Uh, it looks like I might have some opportunities going back over to Japan in 2018 as well. Wow. So, so you are busy, dude. I, I try to be. I really try to be. Like, you know, aside from just the local stuff, as far as here in the Chicagoland area, you know, I've got some stuff for uh, Dave Hero's uh, Great Lakes Championship Wrestling up outside of Milwaukee and Steel Domain Wrestling up in the Twin Cities for the next couple months. Tommy Dreamers House of Hardcore up in Milwaukee the first weekend in December. So I, I try to keep myself busy because honestly, like I realized, I think during one of my like downtimes, like if I don't have pro wrestling, Jay Bradley ain't the happiest person in the world. I get it. So like I just try to keep myself busy and I select places where I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm it's worth my time. You know, not only am I going to make a couple bucks, but like I'm going to have a good match. It's going to be seen by... You know, there's an outlet there to either whether it's like a fight TV or a TV show or a streaming service. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's things like that. That like, you know, hey, like we joke about how much I eat and I work out or whatever like that. But that's that kind of keeps that machine churning. Where it's like, yeah. you know, I want to stay in shape for that. I don't want to like let myself go, and I want to make sure I'm up to par. And you know, because every match you're in moves the ball forward. Yeah, and I kind of look at that way because it's like another another thing that like I learned with WWE from guys like like Tommy Dreamer and a and a Mike Bucci is like. You know, every match you have is your business card. Yeah. So it's like, just like probably every podcast or or time you get on the radio, click on that mic. It's like, who's listening to this? Who sees this? Who's going to remember it? And uh, did I leave an impression? Well, that's just it. And going back to the, you know, comparing wrestling to bands, you know, I complain a lot about band set lists. I'm a fan. I, I go deep on a lot of bands and albums, but I realize when a band goes too far off the reservation and doesn't play any hits for like 30 minutes, Every time you perform a show, there's someone in the audience who's never seen you before and who may only have that one tether to you. You have to assume whether it's a wrestling match, a radio show, a concert, there is someone watching, listening there who is completely new to you. And this is your shot. Yep. And I think going back full circle of this conversation, like with how Billy kind of understands things, and a lot of people come to me and like, no, I was Billy Corrigan getting into wrestling. He don't belong there. Sick to me. like, he knows more about performing for an audience and how to elicit an emotional high or a low from the He probably spend. knows how to manage ego, egotistical talent. Well, that too, but I it's mean, like... Big egos are probably tough to corral. Oh, absolutely. It's like hurdling, or it's like hurting cats. For sure. Uh, but, you know, with, with like the set listing, it's like you, you, like, all right, I want to bring the crowd up with this exciting song that they're going to know. I want to introduce a new one that might subdue them, bring them back, drop them down low. It's the same thing pro wrestlers do. You're for like a, a conductor. Yeah, for, a, for an entire wrestling show, you're up and down with emotions and your attention, how, hold we can hold, how long can we hold your attention span mm-hmm. with a certain emotion, and then each match is like that. You're going to have a fast-paced match. This next one's going to be slow. This one's going to be methodical. This one's going to be all over the place like so it's it's very similar and that's one of the things i think he understands which is really to his benefit absolutely all right i can't tell you how much fun this has been i'm almost full <laughs> you still you still have some work to do there uh yeah the food was awesome thank you again real-time sports thank you real time my mouth is on fire and i'll be sure i'll be going through the toilet paper tomorrow <laughs> absolutely and that's not a bad thing it's just saying your wings are really hot and they're there's really a, good there's a cause and effect sure it's, it's perfectly natural I, it's like at least i'm not eating taco bell at four in the morning after a night of drinking because we know what that does well, that, that's never any good uh thanks also boost mobile uh jay bradley you're awesome i, I can't wait to, to see you in november and beyond thank you Jay. thanks for doing this of course thanks buddy